The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything for the you on this show in front of them. Yeah, I'm glad we Also a reminder that, for those that even know. if you fight yeah, recklessly, Puebla please remember to drink uh, responsibly. Still has both of now that we have that out of the way, let's get Jeff. to the show. Yep. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode number 91. Today is Sunday, May the 6th, Seis de Mayo, or National Tequila Hangover Day for a lot of people. I'm sure. I hope everybody had an enjoyable Cinco de Mayo. Uh, before we get into that, though, let me uh, let me introduce my scar-faced co-host all the way from New Jersey. Uh, luckily, he still has both of his eyeballs intact, Jeff, the Animal Wilson, Jeff. How are you doing, uh, aside from uh, nearly losing your vision there, as I could see <laughs> on the video chat here? Yeah, so if you guys look there, um, like right in front of my webcam, and it's a really bad uh, scar. It, it, well, it's a wound for now, but it'll scar up real nice. But guys, this is what happens when you don't cut your damn nails before training jujitsu. I was like less than an inch from my eye. I, I ended up looking out, but... Mm-hmm. I spoke to him in the locker room afterwards, so hopefully it doesn't happen again. But anyway, Bill, other than that, I can't really tell you how the weather is because one day it's hot, one day it's cold. But, Bill, we're – we're uh, I don't know what season it is anymore. <laughs> it gets confusing. It's like I was saying last week up in the New York, New Jersey area. You get about two weeks of spring, and then you know you're sweating your nuts off until it's snowing again. It's like there's no there's no real in between. You get about two weeks of spring, maybe a week and a half of fall, and the the weather in New York during those three and a half weeks total is probably the best weather you're gonna find anywhere. But the price you pay is the other, uh, you know, forty some odd weeks <laughs> that you have to deal with horrible weather. Uh, so it, it's um it's actually pretty mild here in Florida today. It's it's cloudy, a little bit humid. Uh, in any case, I, I was saying I hope everybody had an enjoyable Cinco de Mayo. As everybody knows by now, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody listening to this show anyway. Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. It is a day to celebrate Mexico's victory in the Battle of Puebla in the French-Mexican War. So I always like to make that distinction. Mexican Independence Day, actually the 16th of September, but... You know, dieciséis de septiembre is a little too difficult for white people to pronounce, and uh, you know those are the ones we're marketing to. We want to sell them Corona and and Jose Cuervo. And as I've been as I've been teaching you, Jeff, for the last year and a half doing this podcast, everything boils down to marketing. Uh, it, you know, it, Cinco de Mayo is a holiday not really even celebrated in Mexico outside of you know, the city of Pueblo um, or the village of Pueblo. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, <clears throat> I hate to be inaccurate with stuff like that. But in any case, I did celebrate Jeff uh, unknowingly. I forgot it was Cinco de Mayo, but I just happened to be drinking tequila because I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get healthy. <laughs> so for me, that doesn't mean not drinking. It means, you know, tequila and red wine instead of uh, whiskey and beer every week. 
So I was drinking one of my favorite tequilas, Casamigos. And I'm holding this up for the people on YouTube. As you can see, I really enjoy it because there's only about two fingers left at the bottom of the bottle here. But it's a it's a silver tequila, and it, it's just so smooth. Uh, you have to get uh, made in Mexico, and you have to get 100% agave. As long as you have those two things on the bottle, you really can't go wrong. Like I said, I always enjoy the silver tequilas, which is weird because the aged tequila is more like a whiskey. Um, but for whatever reason, I enjoy the silver. So I'm going to do a shot right here for uh, Cinco de Mayo. So Viva El Mexico, hermanos y uh, hermanas. <sighs> All right. What do you think, Jeff? You, you think we got enough history out of the way here for the show? Yeah, I'm glad we clarified that for those who didn't know. But yeah, Puebla is actually, I believe it's a port town in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken, which is where they held off the French. But anyway, Bill, after uh, our history lesson, what do you got for me in fight news? Well, apparently there were a couple of cards you and I were not aware of this weekend. So Invicta had a card, and there was a rising card that, that came on, I think, around 3 o'clock in the morning my time uh needless to say with a three-month-old child i did not stay up to watch that but i did watch a couple of the highlights and i know you just pulled up some right now so let's talk about the main event which was between uh ufc alumni's uh ian mccall uncle creepy and kiyoshi uh horiguchi uh what did you think of this matchup, Jeff. I think the introduction is longer than the matchup itself. Yeah, Bill. And you were telling me that this match only lasted nine seconds. And the only highlight I could find was an overhand left from Yamaguchi to take down uh, Ian McCall and uh, ended in pretty spectacular fashion. Yeah. So <laughs> not much else to say about it. Ian McCall has to be like one of the most unfortunate fighters like this guy between injuries and opponents pulling out of fights like the during fight week or like the day before fights like the guy couldn't get a fight and he was trying to make one last title run so bad and it just never came together for him and he was so excited to finally fight again over in Japan where you know you could if you have some outstanding injuries, you could take a few extra things that uh, you can't take here in the States uh, because of USADA and, and things like that. So uh, I would imagine he was feeling much better for this fight. And man, training a whole fight camp and then to, to go out like that after nine seconds, that's, that's pretty rough. I, I gotta say, what what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, dude, I feel bad for Ian McCall, but uh, Kyoji Haraguchi, man, a really tough opponent. He's only got two losses in his career, so, I mean, it's it's a tough matchup for anybody at this point. Yeah, and those losses were to Dominic Cruz and Demetrius Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, or no, not Dominic Cruz. Um Oh, it was another Japanese fighter, it looks like. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting confused here. So this was Ryzen, Ryzen 10. So Ryzen, for those who don't know, is basically, I guess, what Pride used to be. You know, they do the big production with, uh, you know, the overly dramatic fighter entrances, and they fight in a ring, not a cage. And I'm looking up and down this card to see if there was anything else worth looking at here. Darren Crookshank with a head kick knockout uh, in the first round of his fight, former UFC fighter Darren Crookshank. Uh, I don't see any other familiar names on this card, but um, I have to say, Jeff, the, the Japanese, they always do a great job of putting on uh, you know really great shows. So I'm sure it was a decent card. It's a, it's a bummer, man. Nine second <laughs> main event. That's like... Remember back in the day? Well, you may not remember, Jeff, but back in the day, people used to get pissed because they would order Mike Tyson uh, pay-per-views and they would pay however much it was for a pay-per-view back then, 30 bucks or whatever. And you invite a bunch of people over and it was over in a minute and a half because <laughs> you would knock the guy out. Um, so I guess that's frustrating. There, there was an Invicta card as well. I, I saw some highlights from that. Uh, did you catch any of this, Jeff? I did not, unfortunately. All right, fuck it. We won't talk about it then. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I <laughs> got that settled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no time. We just don't have the time. Um, I, I I have to admit, Jeff, I I took the weekend off because uh, you know we got a long stretch of fight cards coming up, so I needed I, I needed a little a little MMA break. Uh, but you know we still got a show to do here. We can't we can't let the people down. You know all the legions and legions of viewers. They want to know, you know what we're drinking and and whatever else. Even if we're not watching any fights, but pretty awesome card coming up uh, next weekend. And a lot of people forgetting about it, uh, including the UFC, according to Amanda Nunez, because she <laughs> tweeted the UFC like, "Hey, don't forget I'm fighting <laughs> next weekend." because you know there hasn't been a ton of media surrounding this pay-per-view uh which should be a big deal you know amanda nunez ha has been a, a fucking dynamo for this organization for the last couple of years i mean demolishing ronda rousey um she she's been fairly untouchable in this bantamweight division uh, as the champion she seems like she's worked out a lot of kinks in her game uh, including her cardio issues because the secret to beating Amanda Nunez was just getting out of the first round with her. And then, you know, it would all be downhill from there. And we saw a little bit of that in her last fight with uh, Valentina Shevchenko, in which she started to fade. And then she came back, though. She got like a second wind in that fifth round. So uh, I'm beating around the bush a little bit here. So UFC 224 from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, will be this coming Saturday, May 12th, so Mother's Day weekend, and it'll be headlined by the bantamweight champion, of course, Amanda Nunez and Raquel Pennington. And these two women used to train together, and apparently they're still pretty friendly, but, uh, you know, I guess friendship won't get in the way of of championship dreams here for, for these two women. So what do you think about this main event, Jeff? And what do you think about uh, the fact that they're former training partners um, 
uh, getting in there together respectfully. Yeah. Bill, I think this is an awesome matchup, dude. Raquel Pennington, super well-rounded. Her grappling's really solid. She's got a couple wins by submission. Uh, I like her stand-up, honestly. I think she's got really solid cardio. I think she can give Amanda Nunez a run for her money, uh, much more so than at least Ronda Rousey did. Uh, unfortunately, Ronda just looked like she wasn't super into it. Uh, looked like she was kind of just there to get paid. But Amanda Nunez is nothing to scoff at, dude. She's super tough, a lot of power in her hands. But I feel like if Raquel can kind of uh, keep her distance and, you know, really use her um, her footwork to kind of stay away from Nunez's power punches and take her out of that second and third round, I think she's got a real shot here. Yeah, this is uh, it's kind of the story of this card. Uh, if you look at it up and down, it's. It's like seemingly mismatches on paper. You know, Amanda Nunez on paper should probably walk through Raquel Pennington. Uh, but Raquel Pennington definitely has the tools to defeat Amanda Nunez. And there's kind of a lot of matchups like that on this card. It, it's either like awkwardly dead even or mismatches that could definitely... Uh, have upsets and I feel like that's the case in the co-main event which is Jacare Souza and Kelvin Gastelum because I see no way for Kelvin Gastelum to win this fight uh, Jacare is much bigger he's really dangerous on the ground and he's got nasty striking as he's shown uh, in his last couple of fights you know nasty knockout of Derek Brunson in his last fight uh, Jacare, I always feel like, is one of the most dangerous guys on this roster. But all that being said, how many times have has Kelvin Gastelum been in a fight where you think he has no way to win, and then he just does? Uh, I always feel like I always feel like Chael Sonnen puts it the best because Chael uh, coached him on the Ultimate Fighter, and he was like, you know, Kelvin, I'm not exactly sure what you're good at. And he's like, by the end of the season, he figured it out. He's like, Kelvin, I know what you're good at. You're good at winning fights. <laughs> <laughs> because supposedly he's one of these guys who, uh, you know, is like a punching bag in the gym. You know, uh, maybe maybe not that dramatic, but, you know, he doesn't show up at the gym. He's like, he, it looks like an average fighter. But when the lights are shining, uh, you know, Kelvin Gastelum's a beast. But on paper, again, this is a mismatch that could easily turn into an upset. And I feel like that's a running theme up and down this card. What are your thoughts on this co-main event, Jeff? Bill, I don't think Gastelum's out, totally out of this fight, dude. His stand-up has looked really, really smooth, a lot crisper than uh, earlier on in his career. I think he's got the ground game to at least be able to uh, keep Swoza kind of at bay. We saw that with... Um, What's his name? Uh, Robert Whitaker was able to kind of uh, stay off the ground, which I think Cash, I think Gashlin can do it. I think he can stay off the ground. I think if he uses his wrestling ability to keep the fight standing instead of taking it to the ground, I think he can beat Swoza in the stand-up. While Swoza does have a lot of power, I think that Gashlin has the technique to be able to outclass him a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, his stand-up has looked markedly improved uh there was a time when jacare was considered 
strictly a jujitsu fighter, but I think those days are long gone. So interesting matchup here. And then those awkwardly even fights I was talking about Mackenzie Dern and Amanda Bobby Cooper. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what, what to say about these two M Mackenzie Dern with her, uh, Brazilian accent that she developed over time. And, uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper is one of these fighters. I don't want to say that she's in the position she's in because of her looks, but, uh, she's three and three and she's fighting pretty high up on a pay-per-view card. Uh, I, I feel like, so she's coming off a, a TKO win over, uh, Angela Magana in her last fight where she just beat the fuck out of her and, uh, basically got her <laughs> kicked out of the UFC. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Jeff? I, I don't even really know where to go with this one, to be honest. Yeah, this is a this is a kind of a weird fight we got going on here. Mackenzie Dern. So she's six and zero, but judging on her first UFC performance, I don't know if it was jitters or whatnot, but I don't know if she has any striking experience. Um, it looked like she kind of just dove for uh, her opponent's legs in that one. You know, took whatever shots came in, and I don't know if Amanda Cooper is going to allow that. I don't know. You know, Amanda Cooper is a little bit more well-rounded. Like you said, she won her last fight against Maganya. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, and a uh, quick turnaround for Mackenzie Dern. So, I don't know if that's the, the best idea after your debut. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know either. And, and like you said, her, her striking is very... Uh, rudimentary like in her last fight we saw some very awkward stand-up that she kind of got away with because it seems like you know obviously people are afraid to go to the ground with her because you know she's an Abu Dhabi world champion I think she's a third degree black belt under I don't remember, so I don't want to misspeak on this one but yeah she she kind of squeaked away with a split decision in her last fight and it's a case where I feel like they're trying to push her a little bit too hard, but I mean, whatever, it should be a decent scrap. So the, the next fight on the card is another one of these paper mismatches in my opinion. And that's John Lineker against Brian Kelleher. So Brian Kelleher calls out John Lineker after his last fight asking you shall receive. And John Lineker is a fucking hammer. It seems like he should totally smash Brian Kelleher, but, Brian Kelleher is one of these guys you can never count out. So again, we have this reoccurring theme here, Jeff, like Lineker is ranked much higher. Uh, he's got ridiculous knockout power. Uh, you know, we've seen him put down guys uh, with nasty shots, especially for a bantamweight. He's just got so much power in his hands. Uh, but Brian Kelleher is one of these really durable guys who can, who can weather the storm and, you know, you think you got him out of there and he's still in there in your face. So uh, again, going with this theme here, Jeff, in my opinion, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, dude. Kelleher's a tough dude. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's well-rounded, but John Lineker, man, he's just got so much power in his hands. He's got really solid jujitsu. Uh, I, I don't know how to call this one, dude. And but this looks like a really exciting matchup. I'm I'm really interested to see how this one goes. 
Yeah, and Brian Kelleher, you know, he's got some momentum. He's he's coming off a win over Henan Burrell, who at one time was considered you know, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Uh, I thought he looked good in that fight, and I thought it was a great call-out of John Lineker. You know, it, it definitely makes sense for him. Um, and, and, yeah, this is this is one of those things that, that makes this sport so interesting because here you have Lineker, who's probably ranked – you know, fourth in the division. I haven't looked this up, but uh, I'm kind of guessing because you got, you know, the top of the heap, of course, is Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw, Dominic Cruz, but John Lineker's right up there too, uh, Jimmy Rivera. Uh, so I, I haven't looked at the rankings in a while. I tend not to because, it, you know, it, they don't really mean much. And Brian Kelleher is probably maybe in the top 15. Uh, he might be knocking on the door of top 10, but it was definitely like a, a big call out for him. It, and this is a, a big upgrade in competition. You know, Hen and Burrow was a huge win, but it, it's not like the Hen and Burrow of old where he was just a, a murderer. So another one of these, uh, <laughs> I feel like, like it's like every other fight. It's like on paper mismatch and then awkwardly even. So <laughs> Vitor Belfort, and Leona Machida, two guys who, you know, they each had their day. And for both of them, it's not today. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, for, for Vitor, it was, uh, you know, maybe late 90s, early 2000s. And then uh, he kind of faded for a little while. And then he discovered testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, and then he was a monster again. And then USADA came along and he got deflated. And uh, Machida, you know, he was one of these guys. He was a puzzle that couldn't be solved. And then it got solved. And, uh, you know, he, he'd moved down the middleweight and he, he looked good there for a while. So these are two guys, obviously, at the ends of their career. Vitor says this is his last fight, but he said that before. Um, uh, two two really tough Brazilian fighters, uh, possibly in their last uh, showdowns, respectively, uh, in Brazil. So what are your thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, dude, I think it's like you always say, Bill, this would be a good fight if it took place about six years ago. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, dude, um, I, I don't know. I mean, Vitor Belfort, he's well-rounded. He's got power. I think hopefully he still has power. Um, and then you have Lyoto Machido who still has that style, man. And he's pretty well-rounded too. So th this is going to be interesting to say the least, but I don't know, dude, like you said, uh, they're, they're a little bit, uh, they're in the twilight days. So I, I don't know how this one's going to go. Yeah, for sure. And then um, the next fight, we got Mutante Cesar Ferreira against undefeated Carl Roberson. So Cesar Ferreira coming off uh, a win over Nate Marquardt, and then he had a really close fight with uh, Elias Theodoru, and then a submission over Jack Hermanson, which is no joke. And he also had a decision win over Anthony Smith. So a uh, really big, powerful middleweight, and you know Roberson is undefeated. So any thoughts on this one here, Jeff? Yeah, dude, I don't know too much about Robertson, but, you know, Mutante is so scary in there, man. He's a big dude for middleweight. He's His grappling is 
top notch. I, oh man, I, I feel like we could be seeing a future contender for the for that middleweight belt. I, I you know I've been following his career for a little bit now, and I really like what I'm seeing out of this guy. He's got a good cornerman behind him. Uh, I don't see him having too much trouble in this one. But again, I don't know too much about Roberson. Yeah, so Roberson, for a little background, he is six and zero. He had a 15 second knockout on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, uh, and it was a it was nasty uh, KO via elbows. And then he had his first fight in the UFC at Fight Night 120 against Darren Stewart, and he submitted him in the first round. So, uh, just based on his UFC experience, he's definitely well rounded. Uh, he was undefeated as an amateur as well, but you know, not a ton of experience. I think this is a great fight. I think this is one uh, that you're definitely not going to want to miss. I don't. It's like one of those ones that's like right on the cusp of the main card. I can't really tell if it will be or not, but uh, I, I'd say this could be the sleeper fight on the card. Definitely tune in for this one because uh, you know these are two really up and coming middleweights, and I, I'm actually really excited for this fight now that we've been talking through it. Any other thoughts on this one, Jeff? Or we can uh, move on here. Yeah, I think we can move on a little bit. Like I said, I got to do a little bit more research on Roberson. Yeah. So uh, this next fight is another one of these awkwardly even fights, I think. And that's Alexi Olenek and Junior Albini. So Alexi Olenek is one of one of my favorite fighters to watch lately. Just because his, his submission game is so unorthodox. You know, he caught that Ezekiel choke while being mounted and, you know, he beat the brakes off of Travis Brown. Um, he, he's very awkward, you know, he, and, and in his post fight interview in his last fight, he was like, or, or in his last win, he was like, I'm not an MMA fighter. I'm a wrestler. And <laughs> which was kind of weird. So he did get a, a TKO loss to uh, Curtis blades, but you know, that's nothing to hang your head about. And Junior Albini, uh, probably most famous for his Reebok diaper that he wore <laughs> in his last fight. Uh, but this guy was supposed to be like uh, uh, the next big thing at heavyweight, so to speak. Uh, I, I definitely think that the stand-up advantage goes to Albini, but Olenek is such a beast of a grappler. But then Albini is like so has such an awkward body type. He's he's kind of shaped like grimace. The McDonald's, <laughs> <laughs> the McDonald's <laughs> purple, whatever, whatever grimaces, Junior Albini is, is shaped like that. If you don't, if you don't know who grimaces, I guess Google that. And, uh, yeah, this guy, he like, he looked awesome in his, in his UFC debut against Timothy Johnson. And he actually looked like trim and fit. And then he, he came against Arlovsky in his last fight and he just like he was wearing this awkward diaper and like uh, nobody really knew what was going on but well, what are your thoughts on this fight jeff yeah dude after uh that showing against um andre arlovsky i don't know what to think of junior albini man his nickname is baby which i mean i i think his body type is more like a baby that just got bigger you know <laughs> never really i don't know that's just me um, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It's like they, they have like, you know, babies have like that, th that awkward, like pudgy fat layer 
that that goes away like they grow out of it but it like he still kind of has it it's not like it's not like grown up like the way grown ups wear fat it's, yeah it's like the way babies do so yeah i guess that's an appropriate nickname plus he's got the diaper so you know i i hope we see the diaper again it it was really uncomfortable to watch but now you know it could be his thing he could be the guy that fights in a diaper and you know I'll whip your ass while I shit my pants. That could be his thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the only other fight that stands out to me on this one, Jeff, and I feel like this could be another sleeper fight, is Talis Latis and Jack Hermanson. I feel like this is, uh, you know, a, an old school, like, grappler versus striker. But, you know, Jack Hermanson, although he's shown some susceptibility to submissions uh, in the past, you know, he does have some grappling and, you know, if he has enough to keep this fight standing, you know, Talos Latis has, has come and gone. Uh, you know, he's, he's got like a revolving door to the UFC. It seems for the past couple of years, um, he, he fought Anderson Silva for the title years ago in, in Montreal. I was actually in attendance for that fight. Um, a lot of people left <laughs> in the middle of it <laughs> but i got to move down closer to the cage and get a better seat uh in any case uh i think this is a great fight well, what are your thoughts on this one jeff yeah bill this looks like like you said your classic striker versus grappler um i'm curious to see how this one goes uh dude i haven't seen talis latest fight in a while man I, do you remember what his last fight was i can't remember off the top of my head I don't, uh, he's been like, I, I feel like he's been showing up pretty consistently though. It's like, I always forget. I, I always forget about him and then he's there. All right. So his last fight was against Brad Tavares and that was in October. So, uh, six months ago, not too bad. And then, you know, he's always hot and closed cold. So he lost to Brad Tavares. He has a win over Sam Alvey. Lost to Christoph Jocko, a win over Chris Camozzi, and a loss to Gegard Mousasi, uh, and also a loss to Michael Bisping. Uh, but I remember that was a close fight with Bisping. Uh, that was a split decision. So, you know, Talos Latis, and then before that, he had a one, two, like an eight-fight win streak. So, you know, he's one of these guys, he's been around forever. He's 36 years old, which is younger than I thought he was. And, uh, you know, Jack Hermanson's one of these up and comers. So we actually a lot of interesting uh, middleweight fights on on this card, which I, I feel like is rare because you know you have the top of the heap middleweights that we're always talking about, but they're all kind of tied up right now. Uh, so it's great to see these young up and comers like uh, Mutante and Robertson and you know Jack Hermanson. So mixing things up in the middleweight division, I like it. Any other thoughts on this card, Jeff? Yeah, dude. Overall, I think that uh, I don't think it's a bad idea to put some money on Raquel Pennington here, Bill. I think that if, if she's probably the underdog heading into this, but I think she has a skill set to maybe maybe steal one from Amanda. So we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, I don't think the odds are out yet, but I would imagine she is going to come in a pretty heavy underdog. So uh, that that might be a decent place. I don't want to tell people what to do with their money, but. Um, yeah, if you're looking, if you're a gambler and you're looking to pick up uh, some underdog cash, I don't think it's a bad play. 
Uh, you know, th this is a really interesting card up and down. You, the, these matchups are are so intriguing because you have uh, all these mismatches on paper that, you know, this is the reason we love this sport because they could go anyway. And then, you know, you have like these kind of awkward matchups where you don't know what's going to happen. Like who knows what's going to happen when Vitor gets in there with Machida. Like <laughs> we don't know. Are they going to give them a USADA pass and let these guys just like juice back up and they're going to come in inflated and beat the fuck out of each other? Like, and it's going to be like old school Vitor hand speed versus old school Machida evasion tactics. Or is it just going to be like, you know, two old men kind of like breathing heavily, holding each other up in there. <laughs> you don't know. And either way, I want to see it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. All right. Um, uh, the next card is uh, th the weekend after, and that's uh, Damian Maya versus Kamaro Usman uh, in the main event. Of course, Damian Maya filling in for the injured Santiago Ponzinibbio. If you haven't heard, uh, he had to pull out of that contest. So, Really interesting. And then, you know, we got a marathon here. We got a fight night 130, uh, Stephen Thompson versus Darren Till on the 27th of May. And then June 1st, Jimmy Rivera and Marlon Marais headline a fight night. And that's an awesome card. Uh, a lot of great fights on there. Uh, it's we're, we're, uh, we're kicking off the summer right here, Jeff. There's a, there's a lot of great action uh anything else coming up in the news has there has there been anything going on i i know uh colby covington supposedly he he claimed like he was he was banging a bunch of porn stars and stuff and he posted a picture with a few of them and then one of those porn stars i i don't have her name i wish i did uh she came out on social media and it was like maybe he is banging porn stars but it's not me <laughs> <laughs> and she's like i don't know why he posted my picture with that so uh colby covington is kind of interesting to me because he his his trash talk is is so awkward and like he also came out and, and posted a spoiler for the avengers movie <laughs> the same way he did with the star wars and he was like my haters are all virgins but then he also got called out for like not sleeping with the porn star he claimed to have slept with. It's like, it, it's like, it's so cringeworthy, but it's so awesome because people get so pissed off at this guy. And it's just, it's just amusing to me. Like, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. Like this guy could say whatever he wants, but people get so upset. He also had a little run in with, uh, Charles crazy horse Bennett, who, is known for being a backstage brawler. I mean, he knocked out Anderson, um, not Anderson, Vanderlei Silva back in the day. And he was always known for fight, getting in fights with the shoot box guys uh, backstage at pride. Uh, so him and Colby got into a little scuffle. What are your thoughts on the Colby Covington situation? Jeff? I think it's, I think it's a good thing that he's able to keep his name out there, even though he, he's really embarrassing himself, but, uh, you know, he, he worked his way. It got him an interim title shot. So you, you can't really argue with the results. Uh, but yeah, people hate this guy. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Uh, I kind of lost some respect for him after he, he called the cops on, uh, 
on Verdoom because, like, you know, he developed this character, this, like, heel character, and then that kind of went away a little bit uh, when he called the cops just because it, it kind of it made him look human. So, so you know, as a, as a WWE fan, you know, you can't break character, man, for anything. So there goes yeah, that play. What do they call it? The fourth wall? Like, yeah, you, you remove the fourth wall or something. That's when, like, you come out of character as a pro wrestler. And uh, Colby Covington has has been doing some pro wrestling. Um, so a buddy of mine, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can vaguely see behind my left shoulder. There's a there's an autographed picture of Colby Covington <laughs> on my fridge because uh, a buddy of mine went to uh, like one of these local. I think it was it was in Jersey. In um, there there's a town in Jersey where they do like a lot of wrestling shows, and he showed up there, and uh, he he uh, he was he fought in the main event against Tyquil Woodley, which is supposed to be like Tyron and Nyquil, uh, and it was like this this uh, pudgy gentleman, and he Colby just kicked him in the face, and and uh, and then put a UFC championship title on. But anyway, my, my buddy, uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't really follow UFC, but he knew that Colby was a UFC fighter. So he, he got his autograph for me and mailed it to me. So I, ha I have it <laughs> with a magnet up on, on the fridge behind me. For those of you watching on YouTube, if you've ever wondered what that was, uh, that picture of the UFC fighter underneath the, the giant bottle of Jim beam there, uh, <laughs> it's an autographed picture of Colby Covington and I can't call myself a fan, but I can't call myself a hater either because, uh, again, you can't, you can't argue with the results. I mean, he, he made an ass of himself and he got himself a title shot. So, yeah, you know, power to him. At least he doesn't have to, you know, hurt anybody or, or throw dollies at a truck for attention and so at least you could say that much about him all right uh anything else going on in the news that you've heard about jeff that you wanted to bring up anything uh burning that you want to get off your chest no it's been quiet on this mma front man i didn't even know about those cards until you mentioned them yeah yeah it has been also there was a boxing match last night gennady golovkin uh knocked out some dude i don't know uh apparently it was it was pretty bad. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty nasty knockout. But you know, ever since the Golovkin and Canelo fight uh, with that awful decision, I, I I couldn't care less about boxing. It really, it really ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and it's a shame because it's something that I used to enjoy. I used to like, you know, when the big fights came up and. When they when they announced the rematch, I was like, whatever, fuck this. I don't care about these two anymore because, you know, if Golovkin wins the fight and then he, he loses a decision or he gets a draw just because of politics and stuff like that. And I know there's a lot of that going on in MMA, but I feel like it's not as blatant where you, you know before the fight even happens, like one guy's going to win if he doesn't get knocked out. Uh, so... In any case, that's the, and then uh, Canelo, of course, tested positive for steroids, and he said it was, you know, like Mexican tacos or whatever. 
<laughs> and he was like, he really expects people to believe it too. Like, no, 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 it's just tacos, man. It's like we, you know, they they they're feeding stuff to these cows down here in Mexico. And it's like nobody believes you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like he could even call his mom and be like, "Mom, you know it's not steroids, right? It was the tacos." And she'll be like, "Okay, sweetie, you're doing fucking steroids." <laughs> uh, in any case, I, I think that's it, Jeff. I think we'll call it a short one this week, and uh, we'll check back in. I don't know if there'll be an episode next week because uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day, so of course, first uh, Mother's Day with my baby so this uh might be occupied but you know maybe we'll do a monday episode or something like that i know i know people are disappointed uh when we don't post on on sundays but you know it gets tough sometimes we get technical difficulties i'm still waiting for my computer to get fixed I'm using this loaner computer right now so you know shit happens jeff life happens and in any case, I'm going to continue celebrating uh, Sace de Mayo because why the fuck not? I mean, Cinco de Mayo is kind of a made-up thing where people drink tequila. Why why can't Sace de Mayo be the same thing? So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up the rest of this Casamigos tequila because it's fucking awesome. And uh, I hope you do the same, if not something equally enjoyable, Jeff. For Jeff the Animal Wilson... If you want to get a hold of him on Twitter, it's at animal underscore Wilson. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks and all your favorite social media platforms. Or you can send me an email, MMA on the rocks, gmail.com. That's all we got for this week. Reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking and drinking out there. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>